Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for listening. Hope everyone out there is staying safe and trying to enjoy your summer. We have Joe Buck on this week's episode. Joe was great as he talks about the return of baseball. Joe and John Smoltz will call Yankees Nationals this Saturday. And he shared some interesting thoughts on being a play-by-play broadcaster during the pandemic and um, gets into a lot of details about how they're going to be doing the games going forward. If you missed last week's episode, we had Jay Onrate from TSN Sports Center up in Canada, who was very funny. Two weeks ago, Jamel Hill and uh, other recent guests on the pod, including Nate Burleson, Aaron Andrews. So check all those out in the archives if you missed any of them and subscribe and download. All right, let's get into this week's show with... The always interesting Joe Buck. All right, joining me now, regular here on the SI Media Podcast. Well, it's been a year, and there's nobody better to talk to this week with baseball finally returning, and he is Fox play-by-play man Joe Buck. Joe, how are you? I'm well. Is the last time we talked with the whole Mark Paul Gossler, comma Gosselar, comma Hoselar? Uh, was that was that the last time we did this? The last time you were on the pod was July third. It was a year ago. Um, yes, yeah, so I know it wasn't that. It wasn't that I you came know. on. I remember you coming on to talk about the All Star Game and the Yankees and Red Sox playing in London. Maybe. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it had just happened because it happened in June. But right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, we discussed that, and then we've spoken not on the podcast. Um, the you were very nice and i know you probably want to kill anyone who asks you about it but you were very nice to give me a quote on like the 10 year anniversary of the 
Randy Moose, Randy Moss, that's a disgusting act on our air. Yes. I mean, it's a yes. huge anniversary in the sports world. You know that. Yeah, everybody was breathlessly waiting for my uh, for my reaction. Ten years. Is that what it was? I think it was 20. How, how many years? Wasn't it like 04? Oh, maybe it was 15. Maybe it was 15. I guess it was 15. Yeah, yeah. the 15-year anniversary of that moment, which, uh, you know, I think I stopped thinking about yeah. uh, two months after it happened. I think Randy never thought about it so yeah. uh I, I don't think he really cared and, and as long as he doesn't now he's a co-worker uh with my wife at espn and he's been nothing but awesome to her and to me so i you know all's good trust me when i tell you i felt like a huge asshole texting you to get a comment but in my line of work anything that's an anniversary with a five or a zero you're you're required to acknowledge it, so I, I had to do it. <laughs> I get it. Hey, I get it. And if it yeah. was you that said it or wrote it, I would have called you and put you on my podcast, right. Daddy Issues, and said, hey, you know, what were you thinking? And as you look back, uh, what are your recollections of the statement you made uh, on live national television? And it's funny you mentioned Daddy Issues because you, you've had a pretty eventful uh, quarantine slash pandemic because you started out by doing the voiceover videos of people doing stuff in their homes. Then you launched the Daddy Issues podcast. And then, and this was the last time we spoke via text or phone, was um, you got the offer from the porn company. So things have been yes. really busy for you over the last four months. Yes, uh, I did. And only because I was so busy did I not add the uh, the porn opportunity to my uh, to my repertoire. Uh, I, it was certainly an enticing offer. And, you know, seven figures is seven figures. Uh, but uh, after getting into heavy negotiations with uh, that webcam service, uh, I decided that it probably wasn't good for my career or my relationship with my mom. Yeah, that... Uh it would be an interesting one to have at the top of the resume. I mean, 20, 26 years at Fox gets totally usurped if, if you know, you start working oh for my a webcam company. Yeah. yeah, but I think of all the things that I could just push down on a Google <laughs> search for myself. Uh, the Moss thing would yeah. be gone. The, uh, you know, I hate Joe Buck. Joe Buck has a massive head. Joe Buck sucks. All that stuff is gone and pushed yeah. down to other pages if I do the, the porn thing which was the part that was really drawing me to it. But in the end, I determined it probably, uh, it, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned I hate Joe Buck and Joe Buck sucks, before we get into baseball and the return No, are we doing baseball, this? Are we talking about this for the 900th time? Well, no, I, no I, I'm, we're not going to talk about it. I just want to offer you a public thank you. Okay. Because I don't, I don't think, I think we texted briefly about it, but I need to publicly thank you because uh, last year when the Yankees played the Astros in the playoffs, you skipped one of the games because you called an NFL game. I believe it was in Denver. I think it was Chiefs Broncos maybe, but I know you were in yeah, Denver. Oh, no, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And um, I had noticed during the Yankee Astros game, since I'm a huge Yankee fan and I'm on Twitter, that people were bashing you, even though you were in Denver calling an NFL game and Joe Davis was doing the Fox game for Yankees Astros. And I turned that into a column that was heavily read. So I, I need to thank you for that. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, this happened earlier in my life. In the preseason, I was doing a Giants football game, and Kenny Albert filled in for me uh, doing a base Yankees game with Tim McCarver. And I, my Twitter was blowing up with people shouting at me about a call at second base that I, I didn't even know who the Yankees were playing at the time let alone any call at second base. And I was like, you know, just so you know, that's Kenny Albert. I'm getting ready to do a, a Giants preseason game. 
And I don't think, I mean, I can be confused for a lot of people. I think sometimes people confuse my voice with Troy's or I'll take Joe Davis. I'd kill for two things Joe Davis has, his youth and his hairline. Anything else, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, it's all good. But yeah. I, as far as Kenny Albert and I, I don't think we sound anything alike. It just proves that people, whoever sits in that seat, and it's actually good for my mental health and my well-being. Oh, yeah. Whoever sits in that seat is going to catch a load of crap because people are watching and you're there not as the Yankee guy. You're there not as the whatever, the Mets guy. You're there just calling the game and people want it slanted their way. So they say, well, you're so biased against the Yankees. And really the bias is by them for the Yankees and anything that comes up short uh, of, of total like sycophantia becomes, you know, this guy sucks because he hates my team, which just is ludicrous. And the Yankees have been front and center in my career since I started at Fox. I'm glad you said it's good for your mental health. Cause if anything that that exercise showed, it showed what bullshit it all is really. I mean, the people yeah. are not even paying attention to who's doing the game and they're, you know, I mean, it's a Twitter thing too, but um, I have to say though, I, I did feel like during that episode that you, you have a lot more defenders out there now and there are people who were just, you know, blown away by it. So yeah, I, it's, it's just that, you know, oddly enough, and, and I know that, that Vin Scully is rightfully deified in broadcast history, but he got the same stuff. My dad, who did it for two years with Tim McCarver uh, in 90 and 91, got the same stuff. My dad in a game in Pittsburgh. Now, granted, part of this was what he said, trying to take the pressure off Bobby Vinton, who had just butchered the national anthem uh, before a Pirates Braves playoff game. My mom and dad came back to their hotel room and there was a footprint in the middle of their pillow in, in the, on their bed. Like, we know where you are and we're coming to get you. It just back in the day, right. I remember my dad when I was a kid, my dad and Scully talking about it uh, because my dad had finally uh, experienced it for the first time on a national TV level, even though he'd done a bunch of, bunch of national things. It's a different animal. And they were kind of laughing about it. And now you go to the social media world and I'm the only one. I've done 22 World Series, but I've done, I think, the last 20, during which social media was invented. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to get my fair share of it and then some, but it's been going on throughout the history of, of network TV. And it will happen again. Oh yeah. 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 When I'm long gone. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get into it this Saturday. Well, first of all, let's start with this. If, if, uh, everything goes well, which in 2020 is a total crap shoot, we will have baseball returning on Thursday and then Joe and John Smoltz on Saturday will get to call Yankees Nationals for Fox. First things first, tell me how you guys are calling the game. You're, are you at the stadium in separate booths, in the same booth? Are you in a studio? What's, how are we doing it with Fox? We're not only not in the stadium or in separate booths. We are not in the same city. Um, I will be in Denver, Colorado. John will be in Jersey uh, at the MLB headquarters. Our producer, Pete Macheska, who is phenomenal at what he does, um, will be in L.A. And we will make it come together. Um, you know, I, I remember when my dad and I were driving to spring training, my first year of doing AAA Louisville, and I was skipping out of college and, and going to AAA. 
Um, we had a lot of talks in the drive between St. Louis and St. Petersburg, Florida. And I remember distinctly him saying, you know, I want you to remember one thing when you get into this business. Nobody cares if the announcer is cold. Nobody cares if you as the announcer are hot. Nobody cares if you're tired. Nobody cares if your vantage point stinks. Nobody cares if you played golf that day. And certainly nobody cares what you shot. So do the game realizing that people just want to watch the game, enjoy it, and you'll be fine. And, and that has stuck with me. And I don't think it's ever more uh, important to remember than now when I'm just doing the game off a monitor, doing a game off TV. John's doing the game the same way. I'll be able to see him on a side camera. Uh, I'll be able to talk on talk back with my producer, Pete, and with John. But we're just going to put it together, and we're not going to act like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing the game this way. He and I cannot wait to get back, and, right. and I can't wait to watch baseball. And, and we'll, we'll muddle through it as best we can, and, and then the world will keep spinning, and the sun will come up the next day. Are you nervous about – I know I, I, I'd be shocked. I'm sure you're not nervous about actually doing the play-by-play. You've been doing that for so long. You could do it in your sleep. Are you nervous about the technical stuff, though? I mean – your internet goes out or anything like that? Are you sure? Or, or yeah. do you have, has your house been like, has Fox come and teched up your house? No, I'm still relying on the same internet service that I've had for uh, the seven years we've lived in the house. Um, you know, in this case, I will be sitting in a studio in Denver, Colorado, in a Fox affiliate. So I feel like. Um, I'm actually better off than if I were at home. Um, am I worried about it? No. And is could things go wrong? Absolutely. But I've done a World Series where the picture went out because there was a transformer explosion in Kansas City and uh, had to go over and and in the worst moment of my broadcast career, kick Vaskurgeon uh, and Smoltz out of the broadcast booth. They were doing the the world feed and have. Uh, Harold Reynolds and Tom Berducci and I slide in and take over their booth. And then that became what got on Fox Mm. Uh, stuff happens and that's live TV. And I think, I think now more than ever, people are willing to accept less than perfect audio. People are willing to accept less than perfect video. You know, we've been going so far that way Mm -hmm. that now during this pandemic and Zoom calls and everything else, although you sound phenomenal to me, this is the best Zoom connection I've ever had in my life. Oh, thank Uh, you. I I feel like people are used to having meetings or whatever or happy hours or whatever over Zoom, and it's just not a perfect system. Right. So it's going to be the same way for sports, and it, it may crap out for five seconds and then come back in. This is amazing. As soon as he said crapped out, it crapped out. We should leave this in, by the way. Sorry. Do you know as soon as you said crapped out, yes. you crapped out? Yeah, I, I, think a- it's the, I think it's the size of my ears that as I was uh, leaning into my phone, waxing poetic, uh, we- <laughs> my earlobe touched the mute button. We need to leave that in because you literally said this is the best Zoom call you've had. And you said the words crapped out and you disappeared. But in this case, and I have to stick up for Zoom, which I have been uh, MFing for the last three and a half months. This is my head, my ear, Zoom. You're off the hook for this. This is all me. My that fault. is tremendous. That is tremendous. Um, let me ask you, the decision for you to be in a studio in Denver and 
uh, John will be in, in Jersey in a studio at MLB headquarters. Uh, did you have input on that decision? Is that a Fox decision? Would you have any trepidation about flying to Washington and calling the game in the Nationals ballpark? Yeah, I, it's a Fox decision at this point um, with with regard to broadcasters being in the stadium. I don't know what MLB's policy would be, but I certainly the home announcers are allowed to be there. So I don't think that would be an issue. So that's a Fox decision. And then because I'm out here, my, my wife's mother uh, just moved into a, uh, a retirement center, I think is the politically correct term <laughs> these days. Uh, so we are going to visit her. We've been in Denver. We're in Colorado, and you know I'm not going to fly home to do a game right. on my computer. I'd rather just do the game from a studio and have as much at my disposal and, and the cleanest connection that I can. Would I be worried about going to D.C. to do the game? Absolutely not. I, you know, I, I feel like with the number of hotel rooms and plane flights and dirty ballparks that I've been in since I was about <laughs> two, I, yeah. I feel like uh, I'm, uh, you know, and I say this and I'll probably, uh, you know, regret saying it, but I, I feel like I'm doing everything I can with every guideline that's been put out there from masks to washing my hands to social distancing and all that. So, I, you know, at some point you got to just go on about your life and uh, be smart about it. So, no, I would have absolutely no issue going to D.C. to do the game. Interesting. Um, the Are you guys doing any sort of test runs? I know there's a very limited amount of exhibition games. Have you done a test run to just get the logistics straightened out, or are you just going to wing it Saturday? We're gonna, no, we're going to do it Friday uh, before the Saturday night game, and, right. and we'll get on and – and see what, you know, what, what needs to be ironed out. The only thing that I, to be honest with you, the only thing that I'm ever worried about, whether it's doing a game in this situation or interviewing somebody or doing a hit from a ballpark into a pregame uh, show, whether it's baseball, football, whatever, is a delay. And, and if there's a delay between John and me, then that's a problem. And, yeah. and if, if there isn't, um, then we'll be fine. So I, I really, I'm anxious to get in there. I will take a picture of it, send it to you to see Please. what I'm yes. seeing. Uh, but yeah, I, I think hopefully I'm, I've done this long enough that I can do a game just watching it off a monitor. And, uh, and there's plenty of stuff to cover. I mean, there, there, I don't think we've ever had more things to discuss. Right. Uh, you know, whether it's how these teams have, traversed the last X number of months after this almost four month layoff. Um, you know, even going back, I think it's important to kind of go back and remind everybody where free agents are and wait, where's Anthony Rendon? Oh, he's now an angel. He's now with the nationals and he was a big part of them winning it all. Garrett Cole's a Yankee, although he'll pitch on Thursday, just stuff that I, I think, you know, can get lost over, mm -hmm. over time because it's just been a while since all of us, including the play-by-play -play guy, have been, you know, studying and, and dreaming about baseball. Absolutely. I, I, in the past, you know, few days here when, when the games started back up, the exhibition games, Yankees played a few games and you start and, you, you know, I, I forgot for a second Didi Gregorius was off the Yankees when I, you know. Yeah. Um, and you're a diehard fan. Yeah. I mean, that, that's stuff that you go, oh, wait, yeah. Oh, he's with Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. oh, their manager's Joe Girardi. That's right. And then you go, oh, this is all the stuff that I was on top of six months ago. And, uh, 
you know, you, at least with regard to the baseball offseason, a lot of that stuff happens. I'm, I'm knee-deep in football, and I'm trying to keep up with it on the side. Now, the whole world has been on pause, and you have to go back and look at rosters and look at, and, and look at how things have changed since 2019. So, I mean, a lot has changed. We know that, and it's important for us to, to cover all of that in and around the game on Saturday night. I want to. I do want to talk to you about football too, but a few more here on, on the baseball since it's coming back. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put you on. The, you mentioned you have a lot to talk to and a, a lot to talk about, and you mentioned all of the changes. I want to just throw some of these changes at you and get the Joe Buck take. I know you probably can't just say, "Oh, that's the biggest piece of garbage rule ever," but if you can, let it fly. And I just want to. Yeah, the I'll do talk. my best. Uh, cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. Do we like that or do we not like that? You know, I can't, I can honestly, I can put my hand on a Bible and swear on my kid's health that I have really not seen it yet. Um, it seems odd to me. Um, and, and I've read plenty uh, with different uh, Yankees and their opinions on what they saw. I saw Zach Britton didn't mind it. Um, and other guys thought it was weird. Um, but I, I think most of the time, we're just talking about as a TV audience. I don't think the players care. Mm-hmm. I do think the players, and I'm sure this is the next question. Um, I do think the players need a little bit of crowd noise. Um, and, and I came out early and got headlines because I talked about the need for something to buttress a broadcast and it can't just be flat and dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I'm I'm anxious to see how that all plays out. But but to me, Jimmy, it's a work in progress. And I think a lot of this stuff's going to be ironed out over the first couple of weeks. And the way you see and hear the game on Thursday or Saturday, or maybe even mid next week, is going to be different than you see or hear the game two weeks from now. It's interesting. Yeah, I actually wasn't even going to ask about the crowd noise because. I feel like everyone's doing the fake crowd noise. I feel like it's not really a debatable topic anymore because it seems like locally and nationally, everyone's going to do it. I read somewhere today, I don't know if it was Fox or another network, I should have paid closer attention, but I guess there, there's going to be some network that lets fans use an app to say if they want to boo or cheer and they're going to use that as a way to do the crowd noise. So Yeah, I heard about that early. I heard yeah. about that early in this offseason and, and in this buildup, but what I my initial... Uh, report that I got on that, which was literally two and a half months ago, three months ago, was that there was just enough of a delay that it would be off. You know, okay. like if you if you saw something that you wanted to boo or cheer, by the time you registered it through your phone and it registered in the stadium or on the broadcast, I, I think there was enough of a delay that it was a little uh, off, a little yeah. off-putting, but I, I don't sense. know if that's yeah. something that, that's been ironed out since I forget, that was I forgot that was you who caused all that stir about, I guess you were the first one out there to say there's going to be crowd noise and everyone went crazy. Well, Fake I mean, I, I talked to the funny thing is, and, and this world is so weird to me sometimes <laughs> with, with regard to media coverage. Like I said it on Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel maybe three weeks prior and every interview I did, I talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. I do it on Andy Cohen's uh, yeah. satellite radio show. Right. And then it becomes a thing. I'm like, well, I've been saying this for three weeks. Why is this a thing now? But that's Andy just, Cohen it just has goes a lot to of show power. Yeah. He does. And, and you know how these things go. Their producers yeah. pump it out and they, they, you know, sometimes it gets picked up. So, or maybe it was a slow news day. I don't know. Did you, did you plead the fifth or did you answer all three questions? 
Oh, that was his radio show you did, not Watch What Happens Live. Yeah, but I have been on Watch What Happens Live. But thankfully, I think that was pre-three uh, questions. Oh, I was okay. on with the lovely Vicki Gunvalson of the Real Housewives <laughs> of Orange County, maybe. maybe. And uh, I remember sitting there and people on Twitter who had no idea who I was. By the way, Vicki Gunvalson had no idea who I was. Uh, were tweeting, and oh my God, these two are such a, uh, such a fun couple. And, yeah. and I... <laughs> And I remember sitting there during a commercial break and she turned to me and the set is like the size of my dorm room in college. It's tiny. And uh, she turns to me and she goes, now, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm here uh, doing the all-star game uh, for Major League Baseball at City Field. And she went, oh, that's cute. And then turned back around to Andy. And, and that, was, that was really my only off-air exchange with Vicky. Yeah. Andy, I, we're going to go totally off the beaten path, but, we'll get, but Andy, Andy, in a way, is sort of like a guy we both are huge fans of in, in Howard Stern and that they get people to say things that I remember there was a big stir when Matt Harvey went on Andy Cohen's show and like Andy Cohen asked Matt Harvey if he ever had a threesome and Mary, Matt Harvey said, yes, big shocker, an athlete had a threesome. I mean, you know, people probably fainting in the streets and but Matt Harvey is never saying that anywhere else. So like Andy Cohen's got a little of that Howard Stern in him and where he, people just let it fly on the show. I know. I've, I've noticed the same thing. And if, if you and I asked him that, you might get punched. Right. But, but yeah, I don't know what it is in your mind that gets turned off. I just remember walking through that door at, at the Stern show and sitting down. And I was so nervous that, you know, the whole week leading into the first time I was on, and it was Super Bowl week. I think I was on the Monday before the Sunday Super Bowl. And I was way more nervous to go into Howard's studio than I was to do Super Bowl 51, <laughs> I guess it was. Yeah. And I, I sat down and I put the headset on and he's such a good interviewer. This is the part that I never really got, but I got it once I, I sat there. He really looks at you, smiles through questions, really listens to your answers. And, and I've been on late night talk shows where the host is so prepped and they're so ready to go to the next question mm. that they're almost not even really listening or they're yeah. waiting for their opportunity to fire in a joke that, that kind of, you know, puts them one step ahead of the guest. And for Howard, he just listened and, and he was interested. And that's what makes, I think, you open up. And when you see Andy, uh, and, and I've gotten to know Andy over the years, we had him on the podcast. He's, he's basically my age and, and from St. Louis, and we have a lot of mutual friends. I, I get that same sense. He listens to the answer. He's very smart, as Howard yeah. is, but he listens. And when, when you know somebody's listening, and they care about your answer, I think you, you end up giving more information than you probably expected to walking into it. Yeah. I, I, I just wonder, too, when a sports person gets out of the sports arena, they're just maybe a little more comfortable because they don't expect certain kind of Well, questions. I mean, think I about Matt Harvey uh, yeah. in, in your example. He's got Andy Cohen asking him if he's ever had a threesome. Can you imagine if Kenny Rosenthal asked Matt <laughs> Harvey if – I would uh, – I would- I would pay to see that. I'll say that. I would too. I mean, that would, that's, that's the next layer to this yeah. whole thing. But I mean, the point is they they get questions on, t it's, it's works both ways. They also get questions that they don't typically get. Right. And then, you know, somehow sports is held in this kind of sacrosanct uh, holier than now thing. That's what I found out for the short while I was at HBO it, in HBO sports. It was like, well, if you're going to be on HBO sports, we've got to do it a certain way. And, 
you know, that led me to, to get Artie Lang on and that led me to get Rudd on. And, and the other pieces were great, but I'm known and I think that show is known, even though it rated really well. And I found out after the fact that HBO doesn't ever talk about ratings, which killed me because it was a really good rating and it built over the hour, which I think is the proof that you need that a show was least interesting to watch. And the Artie thing came right at the end. Um, right. But it was like, what, what do you mean? We can't, we can't build off this or we can't take advantage of this. We have to act like this just stopped uh, everything in its tracks. I mean, let's lighten up everybody. And, and you know, it, it just, you end up getting lumped in with that. I and, wonder how uh, that you know, pretty, whatever. I wonder how that would have played today. Cause I could see people really being into it. Um, That's a good know. question. I, yeah. first of all, I think I would be better prepared. Although it, I watched that back. It took me maybe two years to, to go back. I remembered it. I didn't need to watch it again, but I felt like I felt like I handled it well on stage. And when I've talked to Artie and he and I became friends and I wrote yeah. the forward to his second book and all that, I, I don't, he was so messed up at the time that I don't think he realized it. The first couple of jokes were funny and then it started getting mean and he kind of lost the room. But I think that kind of sparring, I, I agree with you. I, I wonder if, Today it might play a little bit better than it did yeah. whatever I mean, year that was. He, he 10 used or some 11. words that yeah, he used some words that wouldn't fly today, obviously. But I'm talking about like, I mean, people would be putting those video like every clip would be going viral, and it would be a weird, yeah. you know. And then of course that would make HBO happy, even though it was for weird reasons. But um, uh, I, I could not agree with you more on that. Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you, you know, I should have I should have brought this up when I asked about you and Smalls. You mentioned Rosenthal. See, I'm trying to be like Andy and Howard and listen. Um, yes. What yes. What's the sideline reporter situation? He'll be there. Okay. He'll be there. Okay. Um, so he'll be masked up and socially distanced, and uh, which I think is important. You know, I, I think it's important if John's going to be in Jersey and I'm going to be in Denver to have somebody there getting the atmosphere or lack thereof in an empty stadium uh, with the world champion nationals hosting the New York Yankees, which should be, you know, just a packed house and just crazy, crazy reactions to anything that happens on the field because you know there'd be a ton of Yankee fans there too and that's obviously not going to be a part of of what we present on Saturday night yeah um universal DH what do you think well I I could do seminars on all these things I and I am sorry that I keep going on on and on and on but I I I think it makes all the sense in the world um in 2020 I, I think the less stress you can put on pitching and the pitchers, uh, the better. I, I think, you know, with expanded rosters, I, I think teams are, are a little bit in the National League are a little bit more prepared to handle it. Um, and you know it going in as opposed to uh, having an interleague series here, an interleague series there, where it's like, okay, who's going to be the DH today? I think these teams are all prepared now to say, okay, that's going to be our DH or that's probably going to be our main DH. But I remember when La Russa came over to the Cardinals and I was, I was doing the Cardinals day-to-day and was talking to him and Dave McKay, his longtime first-base coach, and they were like, we do not get it. You know, they had just come from Oakland. Mm. Why in the hell does anybody want to watch the pitcher hit? You know, give me a DH, give me Dave Parker, or give me, you know, whoever, Dave Henderson or anybody named Dave. And, uh, and I would love to – love to see that as opposed to a pitcher and a year into it I kind of checked back in with them and they're like nope I get it it's about the strategy and it's about I think for them and for Tony a real thinking man I I think he loved it so much more than just throwing a lineup out there and waiting for pitching changes so I I I can make the case for both but I just I'm a National League guy by by birth and I I just tend to fall more toward the the pitcher being in there and what that leads to later in game yeah, it is weird to me. I mean, I, it seems like most people are pro DH because they like the home runs, they like the offense. But I, I don't know how you like that more than the strategy because the strategy gets amazing late in games with that. But, you know, I, I don't want to spend the whole podcast on the DH because there's another gem that's coming up. Uh, the extra innings will start with a runner on second base. 
Yeah, which I assume will be extra innings will start with a runner at first and second because, you know, depending on what the situation, you know, you're always going to try to set up that force. Um, right. And it just makes all the sense in the world unless you've got a guy up that you know can't get the runner over. I think the interesting thing is as the game has evolved, obviously with the shifting, uh, the idea of being able to put the ball where you want to or find a hole or get a bunt down or move a guy over is pretty much gone. So I, I get it, and, and I think it's it's a good rule change. I understand really? why they're doing it. Yeah, I'm I, yeah. to hear you say that. Shocked. You are? I, yeah. No. I want to I get out of there. I mean, it's the 10th <laughs> inning. Let's go. Uh, let's, let's get a conclusion it's, to this thing. I, I, go ahead. That one's, hard to, that one's hard to stomach. I'm sorry. Because that, to me, feels like you are, um, what's the word? Uh, compromising sort of the game by just putting a runner on base who did not get there via walk, hit, or hit batsman. Right, but you under, but there's also a, there are reasons why they do it, and I think now more than ever, where you can go into the 15th inning, 16th inning, I think this limits the exposure getting into these crazy games where then you just get into this stupid roster shuffle and you're sending guys out and you're calling up a fresh arm and now guys have to be gone for 15 days and they can't come back. I, I, I think there's, there are a lot more positives, but, but I think the interesting part of it is if you did this in the 80s, it's you're almost guaranteed to have a run crossing the plate. And that's, that's been the fun part of, of, and there've been a lot of silver linings during this, uh, during this pandemic for me, just going back and watching a lot of those old games that Mm. the MLB network would put up because that's when I fell in love with the game. And it wasn't just the Cardinals. It was my God, how good were the Mets? My God, how good were, I mean, the Astros, there were, there was a playoff game they ran of Nolan Ryan against Dwight Gooden. Uh, and you're just looking at this in these lineups and they have the lineups are so varied and you've got guys that can get on and guys that can get guys over. And so in the eighties, you put a guy at second base, that guy's getting home. And whether it's a steal, whether it's a bunt, whether it's a fly ball, a ground ball to the right side, whatever it is. Um, but that part of the game is, is gone right now for the most part. And last point on this, when I talked to Joe Madden about it a couple of years ago, he's like, telling you that's the wave of the future you know this stuff all comes back around and if you put together a team right now that had a slugger in the four spot and guys all around that person that could that could really run teams wouldn't know how to defend it because these guys now haven't played against that a whole generation has come and gone so i you know i I'm, it remains to be seen how effective that is because i did an 18 inning world series game uh, with the Dodgers and the Red Sox, that mm. if not for a home run, we'd still be playing mm. uh, because nobody can get on and get guys over and get them in. I'm still shocked that you're pro. It'll be okay. Just take a nap. Take a nap <laughs> after we hang up. Do you want? Do, are you rooting for a, a tenth inning on Saturday night with the Yankees and Nationals? Sure, that'd be yeah. great. Get that I want to see it all. Yeah. I want to see it all. I want to see it all happen. I want to see. And the interesting thing about the way that this season is starting is is no two teams will go about it the same way. No two right, teams right. will build a roster of 30 players at the beginning for two weeks the same way. No two teams will go, here's how we're handling our pitching staff. Some will have a four-man rotation. Some will have five. Some might have six. Some might have basically five and a half. Uh, you know, who knows how these teams are going to analytically try to get an advantage over somebody in a 60-game season, which – 
I think is exciting and brings about immediacy. And when there's immediacy in Major League Baseball, I, I just think there's nothing better. There's no better sport out there. Now, now you sort of dodged, a, I don't know if dodged the bullet's the right phrase. It's probably not, but I'll use it just because I'm being lazy right now. But, you know, when we didn't know what was going to happen with baseball and we thought maybe it would extend into um, November, at one point, I think the players wanted it to go into even December. I, you know, I don't know um, how realistic all that stuff was, but you would have been in quite a pickle with your NFL duties. Um, yeah. Do you have any anxiety about that at all? Or were you just like, listen, I'm not going to get worked up until we have a actual final real decision. Yeah. I don't know about you, but thinking about November or December, mm. as we sit here in July, uh, that feels like it's 10 years from now. I'm worried yeah. about what's happening next week. So I, I, yeah, I mean, it crossed my mind and I start looking at different permutations of my schedule. Cause I can pretty much tell you what my schedule is in the NFL, unless you know, there there are teams that we think are going to be good or just horrible. Otherwise, they're just such big markets. We know what games are going to be on Fox on Sunday and what will be the doubleheader games for the most part. So, yeah, I, I went there a little bit just out of fun. But I I just kind of handle what's in front of me and then, you know, forget it, uh, which is probably not to my benefit, and uh, move on to the next event. So for you personally, let's say, God willing, there's – no issues here with stoppages and everything continues. You're basically going to have a season like you've always had where you'll do your MLB. You'll do, you, you know, you'll leave um, NFL to call the world series, I would assume. And, you know, do your NFL on Sundays and, you know, maybe everything's sort of status quo. If everything goes, you know, without any interruptions, correct? Yeah, no, I, and, and I, I would assume that as we get later in the year and maybe, you know, who knows what medically is on the horizon, good or bad. I mean, nobody mm, knows. Um, right. If if we're in these stadiums, you know, that that's one schedule. If we're not, right, um, then you know, I probably would just move from St. Louis and rent a place in L.A. and go to the studio and, and do baseball one day and do football the next and do baseball the next day. So I yeah. – however it comes to pass, I'll go where they tell me and – uh you know, after this, this kind of real uncertainty, uh, be happy to go, uh, when they, when they tell me, cause I, I just, I don't think I've ever been more excited to go back to work. And you, I, I had Aaron on a few weeks ago and we talked about this a lot. You I mean, you guys have as good a game as you could possibly get for week one in the NFL with the bucks, with Brady and Gronk going into new Orleans to face the saints. I mean, if there's any ever year where you want everything to go off as planned, I mean, no doubt you get a better week one game. I, I just can't. I mean, when that came out, you know, we started doing sales calls for Fox and uh, you know, I don't know if in years past you try to make things seem better than they are, but my God, you started looking at that schedule and not just, not just the Sunday schedule, but the Thursday schedule is by leaps and bounds, the best it's ever been for any network, not just ours. But uh, yeah, you get a lot of Tom Brady early. You got Brady and the Bears uh, uh, on a Thursday night. Then you get a lot of Dallas late. So, and, and you know, Dallas is, a, as you know, a huge ratings driver and they are loaded with talent. We'll see how McCarthy does in year one. But man, our schedule looks really good. I'm, I'm really crossing my fingers that we get to do it. You, you said you would rent in LA. I think the place to rent is in Tampa because you guys are going to be there constantly yeah. now. With, yeah. With and, and there've been years where, 
we've had Atlanta, the year we had Atlanta in the Super Bowl, whatever that was, Super mm-hmm. Bowl 51. I mean, we barely saw them during the regular season. And, uh, you know, there are years where you go, God, we, we've hardly been in the NFC South. Well, now you got Drew Brees and the Saints. I mean, going down there is just a blast. And, and the atmosphere and that team is fun to cover. And you've got, uh, you've got Atlanta with adding Gurley and, you know, Matt Ryan and uh, those receivers. And hopefully they've made improvements uh, to, to be right there toward the top of the division. And then you got Tom Brady with the Buccaneers and Gronkowski. And, yeah. I mean, it was for and him Bruce to Arians land in the NFC. And Arians is fun to talk yeah. to. And he'll, I mean, they are loaded. He has yeah. never had. Tom Brady has never had this kind of weaponry around him at any point in his career. They've always struggled to find that big receiver. They got Randy Moss toward the end of his career, but but he's never had this kind of, this kind of uh, downfield and over the middle uh, ability at any point in, in his hall of fame career. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back on one last baseball thing, but I got to ask you, um, I know you were really bummed about the golf leaving Fox for NBC, um, the you know you guys started off with it was rough when you started off based on on reaction from people, and then I, I felt like that all sort of died down, and now it's been taken away from you. That's got to sting a little bit. Yeah, but but I, I would be a complete hypocrite if I sat here and, and got mad about it or frustrated. I remember when when Fox got the rights and and the way NBC reacted and it was I mean there was there was not a lot of love uh out there in the golf community or the golf TV community certainly for us showing up and as Johnny Miller said, you know, you don't just fall out of a tree or whatever he said, drop out of a tree and do a US Open which you know, I was like, god, yeah. but but he was right. And and I've said this before, you know, the only way to get good at anything is to actually do it. You can't read about it. You can't study it. You have to get in there and, and feel it. And for us to start uh, at Chambers Bay and, and the greens were bad and players were complaining and it's just, it just was, you know, one complaint after another. And then you go to Oakmont and we don't know if, if Dustin Johnson's going to be assessed a penalty because of a ball moving on a green and you don't really know what the score is going down the stretch. Um, and I had, I had, a NFL head coach text me when all that was going on saying, you know, this is like a referee telling me, we'll let you know at the end of the game if that two point conversion was good. Um, and, and it was just like a series of all these things, but we took our punches. People aren't in, in, I think a mood to really give a lot of leeway or grant a lot of, uh, uh, time to people to really find their voice. And I thought we did. And, and so you, you always want to make a great first impression, but I feel like we got over what was the first impression by building every year. And then we got to, to Pebble beach. And when Jim Nance came in our broadcast booth and, and said genuinely, you know, I'm seeing shots of Pebble beach I've never seen before. And your coverage has been awesome. I, I really, I really believed he meant that because you know, with the drone shots and hanging off the cliffs and all these different things, you know, people worked really hard at it. So we got better, but that's TV. That's that's business, and that's done at a level so far above where I sit that I, again, you know, right. for me to be at Fox, that's had the NFL since 1994, and I got hired there as a 25 year old, and to be sitting here still doing the NFL. 
and they get baseball in 96. And now we're starting our 25th straight year of covering Major League Baseball at one network. That stuff's unheard of. So, you know, to lose golf, yeah, it stings a little because I'm going to miss it and I love it. And I think we got a lot better and I put our coverage up against anybody's. Um, that's just the way the world works. And, and we've been fortunate to have what we've had. So I'll, I'll take what I would, what we've got. You, you have enough jobs anyway. I think you can, yes, you can use I do. the break and launching a podcast. We have daddy. I saw you had Sam Ron, uh, last week or this week, last week, right? Sam yeah. Ron. Last week, better and, this week. And I know you had Barkley. So you, are you enjoying the podcast game? Yeah, because it's something that allows me to just kind of be myself. And it, I, I, I love doing what I do, but, but, my words are really driven by action and happenings that are started and created by other people. I, I like talking to Oliver Hudson, who's one of my best friends, uh, you know, getting to know David Spade better uh, through a podcast. And, and I'm sure you, you're the same way. You know, you, you have an opinion. And that was kind of the fun of the direct TV show I did. Mm-hmm. You have an opinion of these people that you see on TV or, you know, in some cases you hear on TV and you think you know them and then you, you know, you spend an hour with them on a podcast or it's, it's like being on a train with somebody or it's like being in a golf cart with somebody um, before social distancing. You could, you really get to know somebody and you go, you know, what I thought that person was all about, I was so off and, and, or that person's a lot deeper than I imagined and, and, or that person's dealt with a lot more than I ever thought they did as I looked at what I thought was a perfect life from the outside. And, and that's really the fun of it. So I love it. Um, I, 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 it came along at the right time because I had so much time to kill, but at the same time I feel, and you know this better than I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people listen to podcasts in transit. Yes, and and going places and and for the, when we started it up, everybody was just sitting there, and yeah. it was like, please listen. But <laughs> uh, the response has been great, and and that's all that I can that that I can really hang my hat are gonna, on. So. Are you going to keep doing it during baseball and football? Here? Oh yeah, I, oh, yeah. Okay, I don't good. see any reason why we would stop. Oliver and I right. both enjoy it, and uh, I, I think it's going to be easy to get guests going forward. It's it's been pretty easy to this point. Although I think everybody kind of got zoomed out for a while and it was yeah. like, please just do one more. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, th- I think once life kind of picks up again, um, I think we'll definitely keep doing it. Okay, good. Um, last one. I know, listen, every, if I ever have any play-by-play people or analysts on here, um, I usually never ask them about ratings because I know they're all going to say they don't pay attention to the ratings. The ratings are out of their control, etc. But if you're just going off of the smallest sample size possible with these exhibition games, the ratings have been through the roof compared to what they are for exhibition games. Every sport that's come back, golf, NASCAR, huge ratings since they've been everything up. We saw what happened with the Jordan uh, documentary. Sure. Um, are you expecting big numbers for Saturday night? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, any, first of all, anybody who sits where I sit who tells you that they don't oh, I know worry about or think, yeah, yeah they're lying. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's the first thing I think of after I do a Super Bowl or a World Series game. Although I can, I can honestly say I don't really track the World Series ratings. I, I think once you start adding up the number of eyeballs over the month of October, it's, it's massive no matter what the number is. Um, so I don't really worry about that. But I, 
yeah, I, th- I think it'll be a, it'll be a good size audience. I mean, it's the Yankees and the Nationals. It's a Saturday night. Um, so theoretically, if people are still going out to restaurants or still doing things, uh, you know, I think you factor that in. But yeah, I, I think people are so thirsty for this stuff and they're so tired of watching events where they know the ending. Um, you know, I know Titanic was a huge hit and everybody knew the ending to that. But, uh, you know, I, for these games, it's like, okay, yeah, Yankees, Red Sox, awesome. 03, 04, all these great years. But we know how they end. And uh, seeing fresh stuff is fun. And it, it's also like a mental and emotional cue that maybe we're all starting to kind of get back to normal. and. Yeah. So I, I think people are, are thirsty for it. That's why I was hoping baseball would start earlier. They couldn't come together on a deal, but it starts this week, and and I'm I'm thankful yeah. for it. It's a good and I th- I listen. I'm expecting big numbers, and I think like you said, people are thirsty. But you also have the fact that people can't go to games, so they have to watch them on TV. So th- that's fifty yeah. thousand people right there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so we got um, those people. Yeah, we got them. Exactly. And um and I think what baseball is going for it, at least early on, I think for the first few weeks, at least is the fringe fan is going to watch to see. I don't want to, this is going to be sound like a negative analogy. I don't mean it to be a negative analogy, but it is sort of the train wreck car wreck on the side of the road thing, because you don't know what it's like with no fans in the stands or the fake crowd noise, or the players can't high five each other. The balls can't be touched, you know? So I think that the diehard is always going to be there. And then the fringe fan, I think there's a lot of intrigue in just, what the hell is this going to look like? I agree. Um, I, I completely agree. And and even, yeah, I think a fringe fan just seeing something that's fresh and competitive uh, will will come under the tent too. But it's funny. I was reading articles today about uh, the Yankees exhibition game with the Phillies and reading about how many players came over to D.D. Gregorius mm-hmm. and gave him fist bumps, handshakes, right. and hugs – and I'm reading that going, well, okay, but after somebody hits a game-winning home run, they're supposed to phantom high-five and nobody can spit. And I mean, the, the line meanders all over the place, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm the same way. So for those fringe fans, I, I totally get it. Uh, I'm the same way. I can't wait to see how it all comes together. I can't wait to watch a game. Yeah, there was one team I saw over the weekend. I don't know if it was the Pirates or Tigers. I don't remember who it was, but after a win, instead of the line, you know, they do the line with the high five. They did the line, but they tapped feet. Oh. So people are getting creative already in Major League Baseball. Yeah, well, that's going to be the next thing, is how these guys figure out a way to get creative to celebrate. And I can't wait to watch it. And uh, yeah, I'm Randy, forward- Randy Moss and I are going to uh, start a reality show on Fox. And we're going to grade their celebrations. I need the first walk off should definitely be interesting. Is there any, as the voice of baseball in the, in the face of Fox, is there anything you do about the blackout rule? It should not be happening this year. Baseball should be doing uh, everything. It, they is can. it happening? Yeah, it is. People are pissed off already about it. Like, because I had tweeted earlier, right before we started this podcast, I had tweeted that um, MLB network on Sunday had their second highest ratings ever for an exhibition game with the Yankees and uh, Mets. And the game was, it, they had their second highest ratings ever and New York was blacked out the entire market. So yeah, get, I, I know, don't understand that. Okay. Um, I, I, I do not. And that. yeah, well, I've never understood that. And then we're doing games. Really the MLB part of it has always astounded me. And then we'll do games where we're non-exclusive 
and you're doing a game on FS1 and you just want to go, God, I wish everybody was watching this broadcast, but they're watching their home telecast, which I get. I mean, I, that's, that's the stuff we fight every October, but I I don't know. I, I didn't know that. So thanks for educating me. You're welcome. And it's good to have these problems again with baseball. Finally, it looks like coming back. So, uh, Joe on Saturday will be calling Yankees Nationals with John Smoltz. That's a seven o'clock Eastern time, I believe. Sure. Whatever you say. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks for coming on. Good luck. Stay safe. And, uh, Joe, yes, on the road. Yes. Uh, you're welcome. And it's good to talk to you. Thanks, Joe. Take it easy. All right. See you. Bye. All right, my thanks to Joe Buck. Very interesting stuff there uh, with him in Denver and John Smoltz in New Jersey, as they call Yankees Nationals from Washington. That is uh, pandemic life right there for you in the uh, sports world. Hopefully, uh, and Joe gets to uh, do the NFL uninterrupted and appreciate him sharing his thoughts. If you missed any uh, back episodes, dip into the archives and check those out. We had Jay Onrate from TSN last week, Jamel Hill two weeks ago. Subscribe, rate, and review. It helps tremendously. And uh, stay safe. Wear a mask. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.